0: That was perfect. I was going five, four, <laughs> and then it just went live. I thought I had it. What's up, Jolynn? Yo, how you doing? I'm good. You know, how, how you doing? got a little different background and everything over there. I'm, I'm sure we're going to get into it, but Leisureton looks a little different these days.
1: <laughs> Leisureton is wherever I am. I am Leisureton. Leisureton is me. Ah. Okay. Can you hear me?
0: Well, yes, I can. Okay. I can hear you loud and clear.
1: You turn me up in the mic
0: one time? Can't do that. Anyways, mm-hmm. <laughs> what's up everybody? We got a lot to get into. We're talking about global economy. Uh we're talking about markets and also how does one look at the puzzle and really put together the pieces? Haven't you been asking that? You know, we've been seeing that things have been transpiring. So uh without further ado, go ahead and cue that intro. That's 100. What's good, everybody? I am Mark Monroe, accompanied by my wonderful co-host, co-producer, co-creator, and all things galactic and good friend, of course. Give it up for none other, all the way from Leisureton. Let's see if, you know, like the mic, you know, where you normally go like to the next person is like, and hi, Bob. No, anyways, give it up for none other than the wonderful...
1: Wait, before I even say that, um, let's get into this hat right quick or whatever. It matches the, the intro music. Okay, I see you, I see Maybe you. Maybe lock
0: them doors in turn, them. I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> Yo, um, sorry y'all, you know, little uh, <coughs> frog in the throat there. So I don't even know if a totally is gonna come out. I think if it comes out, it's gonna be on a flat, but that's okay, I'm gonna drink some water. But it's Jolene GC in the place to be. What does it, cousins, on this fine? Well, it is actually Wednesday um, at 3.33 a.m. I am on location in South Africa. So what up? What up? What up?
0: Give it up for Jolene all the way in Johannesburg. (laughs) But, uh... (laughs) It's nice to see that you're up with us. I know that it's a lot, this is dedication to like a whole nother level. So uh, yes, we are here about it. So we're not gonna keep you too long because uh, clearly it's getting, a li- it's a little late over there. It's it's morning time. So normally when everybody is asleep, you know, we up here, you know, putting in time for the culture. All right, so. Let's get some of the obvious stuff out of the way, shall we? Like, for example, if you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and hit this. Uh, go ahead and hit that subscribe button down below. And on top of that, if you like what we are about, like for example, Joe Lynn coming all the way over there and the, uh, over there, it's from the motherland continent, continent, not country. We can talk about that, but like Africa is a continent, not a country. <laughs> yes. <laughs> then go ahead and hit that like button we would greatly appreciate it and on top of that if you want to be in the know just like who was it today who was it okay. give it up for cousin Johnny talking about we ready like
1: okay Johnny was ready okay
0: <laughs> shout hey, out Ajani. to you Johnny, because you had your notification bell turned on and so we salute you because of course you here for us so we here for you we give it back to you the people so that's it. Like, yeah, if you want to be like a Johnny, go ahead and hit that uh, that bell. So that way we can shout you out in the next episode. All right. So, Joe Lynn, how do we yeah. do in today's markets? Though that you like a whole day ahead. So
1: yeah, it's Wednesday over here. What's you know? What's it like
0: in the future? Like, what should I expect?
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. So, um, the Dow was up fifty six point two two. Uh, points today. And now we are at a level of 33,592.92. S&P 500 is up 34.48. We are now occupying levels that we're almost in that 4,000 range, but it's 3,991.73. The NASDAQ was out here with a positive 162.19 points. We are now at 11,358.41. And the VIX The VIX came up just a little bit from yesterday, or I should say from Monday, since, you know, it's Wednesday over here, uh, 24.54. And then we have the 10-year coming down just a little bit to 3.775 percentage points, heading over to our sector performance. Mark, as you know, Hmm. there are 11 sectors, and, you know, we like twelve. There are 11, and what we like to do over here is see what that rotation is looking like by tracking the top three and the bottom three sectors. Coming in hot at number one that we haven't seen in a very long time, it's communication services, up almost two percentage points at Um, 1.78%. And we have real estate, 1.24%, and tech, same, 1.24%. And then for the bottom feeders, y'all, it's financials, um, which was up 0.28%. Health um, was negative, <laughs> but it was 0.07%. So not even negative by that much, but negative nevertheless. And materials, negative 0.11 percentage points. Now, if you are new to the Come Up series, um, we have this thing called the picklicks, a.k.a. the sips. So let me take a sip, actually, my throat... <laughs> okay so for the sips you can find all of our picks over on our Instagram page at that come up series scroll through scroll through and you will find our latest pick lists, which will be changing because we'll be into a new year so keep that in mind y'all keep that in mind um but uh number one was unity unity you and ity. okay because talk about this 10.25 <laughs> percentage points to the upside then we got Zscaler up 7.61 percentage points. And then Signature Bank was up 6.61 percentage points. Whenever they're over 5%, it just gets me amped. Uh, I don't know. Yes. Um, then we got uh, Marco was negative uh, 1.03%. Mm. Um, we got United Health negative 9 points, or excuse me, negative 2.09 percentage points. And then we have S-triple-Q, negative 4.06 percentage points. So you know that TQQQ was up, and I think it was actually um, number four. So, um, yeah. So, Mark. Yes. The topic for today, the global economy, and, you know, you said market puzzle. I like to think of it as, you know, market uh, shenanigans, but <laughs> <laughs> what's going on. But um, there was a lot of things uh, that kind of contributed to... Yep. I'm gonna say today but it is like really freaking me out that it's Wednesday so um <clears throat> so things that happened yesterday <laughs> I should say I'll just say Tuesday <laughs> it happened Tuesday let me be on Seattle time but um so we had a cooler than expected inflation report so yes that, we did we gotta talk about that because that clearly okay. is a for what this what the Fed said, you know and I can't even sing it because you know <clears throat> throws is on one right what now the Fed said Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, if we harmonized, that would have been perfect. But you know,
0: <laughs> next time, next
1: time. i the area, but okay. So we were talking about, um you know, what would re- what would be the result based on which political party, you know, to control the House or excuse me, of the Senate. We're still waiting for the results for the House. But for yes. the Senate, it now remains as Democratic, uh, Democratic control, which I think they are at 50 and they're they're still waiting for the Georgia runoff. So yep. when, um, when we hear the results of that, we'll know whether or not their position is even stronger or if it's, you know, uh, not. And the, the main thing about the Senate, though, Mark, is if we have a democratic president and the Senate is democratic control, meaning the party matches um, mm-hmm. you know, the president, well, that really helps out with appointing judges, yep, and cabinet members. It gets it through and, you know, the vice president um will have the veto or not veto but uh tie break the out. overall
0: de facto decision.
1: Yeah. So basically there's that, but you know, all the bills and that sort of thing is made um in the house. The house the has house. that so we're still waiting for those results. Um but I, honestly if if Republicans take over the house, then we can definitely expect the gridlock.
0: Yeah, we'll when slightly not, see some of the gridlock, yeah. but you know, one of the interesting things is, is that if the if the Democrats win Georgia, then, mm-hmm. you know, I think that they it can really just like offset like as it pertains to specific issues like for example, spending, those mm-hmm. types of things. Um, but then, it, it, like you said, when it comes to bills, then yeah, those can be highly impacted in the House. But you know, take into consideration, you know, a lot of those members of the House uh, have constituents in whom which that they gotta serve and serve in their best interest, not versus, you know, ideal ideologies and those types of things. So I think that that's gonna be interesting because I think that you'll probably see some splits here and there, uh, even within a specific party. So.
1: Well, question, how does this, how does that, um, you know... Uh, Impact the market? Well, I was going to say um, specifically volatility because that that's an uncertainty, right? Um, As far well, as which party is going which way, and, you know what I mean? So talks to us about that.
0: Yeah, so a lot of times it's like, you know, when we look at like what could have happened, like the, the market now has a picture. Like that's the biggest part. The market has an idea of, you know, the Democrats taking the Senate, and the republicans probably taking the house. So the market now knows that and it's just like okay, hey, anything else as it pertains to spending or say for example any type of legislative moves, then the market's going to be like okay, we're probably going to be a little bit even kill here going into 2024. Um, but the biggest thing to focus on is the fact that again, you still have that looming, you know, cloud that is known as the Federal Reserve which moves at its own entity. That literally overshadows all of that. So in my perspective, I think that honestly, the market didn't really quite care, <laughs> so to speak, about like really this midterm election to a certain degree. Like if you notice it was like the, the after the results came out, the market was like, ah oh, Okay, hype done. Yeah. So but then notice when you saw the inflation print or the CPI print, you saw that the market completely reacted. So
1: mm-hmm. So that's interesting to see, like what um, investors, you know, care about. Um,
0: yeah. So the the, the it, and it was it was going into the election, right? Because when you saw the, what was on the what everybody really cared about was inflation. Though that was the number one thing that was listed across the entire board that nobody in the Senate, nobody in the House has any control over, really, mm-hmm. so to speak. So at that point in time, now everybody's just like, all right, well, you know. It is what it is. But then when we got, like I said, when we got the inflation news,
1: that's Data. when you saw that
0: the market reacts.
1: Yeah, right. That makes a, that makes a difference. Um, yes. so also we have some earnings reports for some of our, uh, retail giants, Home Depot, Walmart, yes. if you want to talk about um, them. And then I think, let me see, Target and Lowe's comes out on Wednesday and then yes. Thursday, these coals in the gap. Um, all of these numbers are going to be telling because we've been talking about this um, inventory surplus. And what's interesting with Walmart, we think about Walmart, you know, part of their core identity or brand identity um, Mm -hmm. really is like discount. So when we talk about the Walmart's earnings, it's going to be interesting to see like how that has actually helped in an inflation environment, because if you're associated with discounts, you're going to go where you think your money is going to stretch especially when it goes comes to food and that it's across the board regardless of um income yes we'll talk about
0: yeah so looking at walmart's earnings just really quickly so they reported their q3 2023 it's kind of funny how like they're in their 2023 earnings right now for fiscal year 2023 when we i'm in in right. fiscal year 2023 but
1: right just like it's Wednesday, month. you know i'm just kidding <laughs>
0: I I, I I walked right into that. (laughs) I walk right into that. Okay. So if we're looking at Walmart's earnings, or if I'm going to read it for everybody, um, let's see here. Looking at Walmart. So pretty much company delivers strong revenue growth globally with strength in Walmart and Sam's Clubs. Uh, Flipkart, which a lot of folks don't really talk about, but Walmart had purchased Flipkart, which is based in India, which has been a huge... So total revenue was $152.8 billion of 8.7% or 9.8% uh, percent under a constant currency. So now here's the thing to pay attention. When you hear this word constant currency, that lets you know that essentially that one of them is due to foreign exchange issues. So they adjust the earnings by for foreign exchange. And then the other one is if, you know, if foreign exchange issues weren't a thing, um, then that would have been the actual number. So 9.8%. Comp sales grew up by 8.2 and 17.4% on a two year stack. Um, Their e commerce growth was 16% and 24% on a two year stack. Um, Let's see here. Consolidated operating income at 2.7, a decrease of 53.5, including the legal charges described above. So, which means that, uh, let's see, consolidated operating expenses as a percentage. Uh, due to charges of $3.3 billion related to op- opioid legal settlements, So that was a huge thing that literally, that was just that one-time charge-off for the quarter. Um, let's see, subsequent to the third quarter, the company approved a new $20 billion share repurchase authorization. Notice how we're starting to see the same thing over and over. Like, for example, you know, either companies that are very profitable, they're either doing a share buyback or a dividend increase so at this point in time we're kind of like you know i think the biggest part is that the fact that the the worst is over for walmart as it pertains to that 3.3 billion dollar uh, cloud that sat over the, over their head and on top of that uh so for example they said just to sum it up uh so the company raises this full year outlook to reflect third quarter performance and the consolidated net sales growth of about five and a half percent excluding diversifiers, um consolidated net sales growth uh, Walmart U, uh U.S. Uh, comp sales growth excluding fuel was about five and a half percent. So again, they're doing just fine. I mean, the company is doing pretty strong. So honestly, you know, shout outs to Walmart. Strong quarter, strong uh strong raising in in guidance. That was definitely uh I think it was slightly above uh, expectations. But again, good job, good job.
1: Yeah, another good job, Home Depot. And-
0: yeah, I think that the biggest thing with Home Depot, though, and that's the that's the that's this is going to be a challenge for Home Depot, honestly, if I'm really looking at them, mm-hmm. but I could pull it up real quick. Let me one second. So let's see here. The world's largest home improvement retailer uh, came in with sales at thirty eight point nine billion dollars for the third quarter uh, of, of fiscal 2022, an increase of two point one or up 5.6% 5. 5. from the third quarter of 2021. Uh, comparable sales for the third quarter increased by 4.3%. Uh, let's see, continuing on, net earnings was 4.3 billion or 4.24 uh, per diluted share. So that's letting you know where the EPS is. Uh, let's see, the guidance. So... The company reaffirmed fiscal 2022 guidance of comparable sales uh, growth of approximately 3%, slightly light, uh, operating margin of of approximately 15.4%, net interest expense at approximately 1.6 billion, tax rate of approximately 24.6%, uh, and diluted earnings per share uh, growth to be mid-single digits. So. I think that that was the thing, and I think that during that same time when we saw, did there, did they pop uh, today? I could have sworn I saw them down earlier this morning. Oh, um, I didn't.
1: Do what they did in the morning?
0: Yeah, let's see here.
1: Let me pull it up. You got it? Almost.
0: Aha! I think I beat you. Yeah,
1: I got Aha. it. Well, your internet is faster.
0: Hello. (laughs) So they were up 1.6%, but they had actually dropped all the way down earlier today to about 305 or uh, 303. And then they popped all the way up at the top at 315. And then they kind of like settled off at 311. And then they're just sitting there flat in the after hours. So, I mean, again, solid earnings. But again, you know, It's not
1: stellar, but I mean, it wasn't stellar, but
0: they made it through. They made it through. They, they were bending slightly because of the fact that their numbers were coming in a little bit light, but outside of that, they did what they needed to do.
1: They didn't break. They didn't break. And also this, you know, given inflation, um, for a retail, you know, giant, I think that they're, they're doing what, what they can, but they Mm -hmm. did note that, um, customer transactions were lower. So those numbers really had to do with the price increases. It wasn't increase yep. in, you know, projects. Yeah, or,
0: I mean, like, and that's a direct, that, both of them are a direct reflection of inflation. So, for example, when you think about Walmart, they like they buy things at like what they get it at wholesale and then essentially they sell it at retail. Um, and so the, the companies that we typically watch out for are like the Walmarts and the Costcos of the world to see exactly what wholesale numbers really look like, as well as overall retail, because Walmart represents middle America as it pertains to the global or as it pertains to U.S. economics. Um, when we look at Home Depot, you look at specific another specific sector of the market, which is uh, building as well as home improvement. And then on top of that, when you think about home improvement, that's sometimes considered like luxury related items. So if you're seeing the fact that people are ultimately making those types of purchases, Um, but again, lumber costs was one of the major things that probably impacted, um, the company's earnings. I think that if lumber costs were down, then Mm -hmm. essentially we would have probably seen a better quarter for Home Depot.
1: Yeah. All right. So, um, getting back to this, this global scale, we got the G20 summit coming up.
0: We do, we do. And, you know, we've seen that, you know, President Xi and Joe Biden or President Biden have like officially met for the like face to face, The face. -face. uh, since he's been elected so you know there's a lot there i think the things to definitely pay attention to is really within the wordings like it's kind of interesting always when you hear one side speak or give you their notes of what they say and then you see the other side give their language and it's kind of like this whole posturing thing you know i kind of wish that like okay hey what's the succinct message that we can have that's universally that we should look at and i think the biggest things that really stuck out between you know The two of them in that meeting was more so in the sense of China wants to do what China wants to do. They're their own democracy. Their democracy is not the same as as the U.S. So stop thinking and stop treating us like as if our democracy is supposed to be the same. Uh, I think that that's from their perspective. And I think that also as it pertains to trade and doing deal flow, you know, I think that that's really like the impact for China. I think the U.S. is more so in the sense of we're currently playing police to the rest of the world uh, and making sure that everybody plays nicely. And of course, like falls in line. So, huh, you know, I always like to say as the world turns is what I normally look at when I see political theater take place. That's really what it means to me is just another episode of as the world turns.
1: Well, speaking of um, world, so, you know, we have the G20 summit um, coming up soon. And what's going to be interesting is then. Well, OK, so when I was thinking about it, I was like, OK, well, obviously, they're going to talk about um Russia's invasion, right? Because it's wreaking havoc on a global scale. And, you know, with the G20 summit, like the focus is the the world's largest economies coming together and discussing whatever it is that they need to discuss. And on the forefront is inflation, global inflation. Um, And I was just wondering, like, it seems like for the things that they were positioning um to uh you know condemn Russia on which is the invasion mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. talking about the impact of this invasion it seems like Russia has a lot of leverage as far as like this impact goes and so i'm just curious you know like how it's you can condemn but like what what are we doing to back that up Um, it's really in the
0: world of sanctions it's really in the world of sanctions like you know like when you start getting hit with massive sanctions you don't really feel the effects of them right now but they're like the lingering effects after like you get some sense but then the sanctions are still there and they can become quite crippling and so you're starting to see some of those crippling effects as it pertains to their supply chains of getting access to specific things across the board that have greatly impacted them I mean it's even impacted them as it pertains to their war with Ukraine um, and then on top of that, I think the thing that a lot of folks are very weary of is, especially as it pertains to energy, because Russia is a major player in the energy space. And then on top of that, there's also the conversation as it pertains to other import-exports, like, for example, wheat, uh, that comes out of that area that, that supplies a lot of areas around the, uh, around the globe. So, again, um, I think that that's probably the reason why people have to tap dance a little bit around the fire, just so that way they don't like fully step in and be like, I got burned. I don't know how this whole situation that literally transpired today over the past, like, what, 12 hours about them firing a missile and it landed in Poland. (laughs) That's a lot there. Um, I think I should wait before I respond to that one, because I think that there's more details. But from the way that I'm hearing it or from the way that the wording is being said was that they intended to fire at Ukraine. But, you know. Missile systems maybe malfunction and you're starting to hear all these World War Three. I think that if you look at what happened with the market, the market literally dropped like a rock when it caught word of that missile landing in in Poland and killing two people. And, you know, it's always unfortunate to see people lose their lives, especially as casualties of any type of, you know, war or, you know, war of ideals or whatever it is. Um, But it was very interesting because then after that, after some of the details started to, like, slightly come out, the market started to rebound. It was like, oh, okay. But interesting. Very. It's like a lot of things that you can say today are, like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, like, one of my uh, favorite comedians and young comedians is Ryan Davis. Whereas, like, sometimes when you're sitting there talking to men and it's like, we don't understand what you're saying, so we just literally say, wow. That's crazy. (laughs) I feel like that was one of those situations today where it was just like left field, Poland out of all places. So for those of you that don't know, and why does Poland matter? Because Poland is a member of NATO and literally it was supposed to be just Ukraine and Russia and nobody else is involved in this. Now that a missile has landed in Poland, (laughs) that could change some things and possibly spark some things. So I would just be on watch there. I would definitely be on watch, but yeah.
1: So um,
0: are we ready to talk about the global economy Yeah. and pieces?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> okay. So we've, we've, we've been slightly talking about some of the things like, for example, I know that a lot of folks that come here, the only thing that you want to hear about is the stock market and which, you know, a part of it is I try to give you the information or I, not even just myself, but Jolynn and I, Try to give you the information of what's happening from not only just domestically, but around the world that are transpiring and how it's having major impacts. And then ultimately, like if you're starting to see how those breadcrumbs start to formulate, then you kind of like start to see that it forms an actual loaf of bread, which really like shows you the entire picture. So, for example, you know, if you're looking at it from the outside in, you're like, okay, hey. You know, the market has significantly dropped this year like a rock. Like, for example, you know, NASDAQ down 20 plus percent. You know, I think just to make sure I want to make sure that I'm accurate or in the words of DJ Khaled, accurate. Uh, The S&P 500 is down 16 percent. And then, of course, the Dow Jones Industrial, I think that's down like probably less than the other two. But I think it's down by probably about maybe seven to nine percent year to date. And then, of course, the NASDAQ just you know has been in bear market for quite some time. All right. So when we look at what's been transpiring, you know, and, I, and somebody actually mentioned startups because, yes, I was going to go there. Um, so I posted something a little while ago, like maybe a few days ago on my Twitter, where I was talking about some of the things that were transpiring, where you saw that certain markets within venture capital and private equity and angel investing were down. So we were down about 41%. Um, when it came to the investment landscape, so for those that are thinking that it's just the stock market that was impacted, no, it was across the board. And then of course, it makes you ask the question: you know, is the cash really sitting on the sideline, or is it being placed elsewhere? Like for example, when investors have that much large amounts of liquidity, and especially if they can kind of perceive the writing on the wall with quantitative easing on the domestic home front, alongside with raising interest rising interest rates. Well, what do you do do you just go directly to cash no you go into other arenas like for example hence the reason why you saw the bond market blow up uh to the upside and then on top of that you saw energy like significantly have a field day this year or a field year so to speak um excuse me for the Freudian slip um but let's put it all into perspective so we already know about the whole pandemic part, which ultimately had major impacts to high demand and low supply, and then ultimately manufacturing had stopped. And of course, a lot of factories around the world were significantly, significantly impacted. Now, of course, moving forward into 2022 or going into 2022, we saw that, say, for example, production needs to pick up, but a lot of those producers didn't want to increase, which when they don't pick up production, then that drives the cost of energy, aka oil up. And that's exactly what we saw. If you go back and look at the charts from when, let's take November of 2021, and then go all the way to where we got to this year, you'll start to see a noticeable trend where you started to see that the bond market and the energy markets started to go up, as well as you started to see the other equities, the high flying growth stocks started to go on the way down. Now, of course, what does that mean? Cost of capital started to rise. So, which means that those earnings that you saw, that were supposed to be super-duper dope and everything else, they're still dope, but it's just the thing is, the differentiation is the cost of capital. So does in in an environment when, say, for example, currency, is, like the U.S. currency, is higher than other currencies, ridiculously, um, does $100 billion rock the same as it does in a normal foreign exchange environment? I wish I had the sound effects for Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> No, it doesn't. That means that essentially that the cost of capital, that $100 billion is worth a lot less. In a normal FX environment, then everybody's just like, yo, go ahead, keep the party rolling. But that's not how it played out. That's not in the cards. So then we had other issues. Like, for example, a lot of those companies that grew ridiculously fast during the pandemic, because why? They needed to. The world literally opened up to show you that, okay, hey, that we needed those companies They literally did phenomenally well during the pandemic because business was booming. But just like any business cycle, you go hot one minute, (laughs) and then after that, you go through a cool down. It's just like, say, for example, if you saw anything that was out there in the market that went out, that literally hit the market for the first time and everybody wanted it. Like, let's say it's the newest newest ice cream out there in the world. Mm -hmm. Is that the rolling blackouts? (laughs) Okay. Okay. So... (laughs) Whoa, that's, it's, it's real. Okay. So let's say that it's the newest ice cream or some new like food, like remember avocado toast was a thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then all of a sudden it's like avocado toast just became a like a meh. Nah. <laughs> like you had people once upon a time lined around the corner for avocado toast. And then after a while, equilibrium starts to set in. And then what happens? You have more supply of avocado toast than you have folks that are actually interested in avocado toast anymore. Why is that? Because the world starts to move on. And just like anything, we humans are always looking for the next best thing. So it was avocado toast one day and then next thing you know, it was cronuts or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah,
1: well, I All wonder right. if he's be next. But anyway... I don't know. Yeah.
0: Let's ask the question to our, to our New York cousins or our East Coast cousins. Is Cronut still a thing? If it is, go ahead and type yes in chat. If not, then meh. All right. So, like, exactly what our cousin David Torrance says. He literally was taking the words directly out of my mouth. Everything reverts, always reverts back to the me. So, which means that we're going to find a, a moment of equilibrium. The problem is, what that is, is that when you have, like, say, for example, low supply... But then the demand starts to wean, your supply starts to build up. And then you get to a place where your supply starts to get significantly high, where now it's like you got to let go of inventory. And that's what you're starting to see with some of these companies that are especially within the retail space. All eyes are focused on, like remember Target early on in the year, where they said that they had too much supply over products. And then essentially what happened? Okay, well, we got to start letting this stuff go. Now we're having all these ridiculous sales. There you have it. Now, when we started seeing the cost of capital goes up, okay, cost of capital doesn't just hurt uh, companies; it also hurts the average your average consumer. So, when cost of capital goes high, you start to see people spend a little bit more because of the fact that the things are a little bit higher, aka inflation. Somebody said no on the cronuts. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> somebody. Right. Somebody also asks, "What is cronuts?" I'm gonna let the cousins literally like help you with that because they can definitely type that in chat. All right, so. Let's bring it into perspective because now we need to talk about how, where are we now and where are we going? So for example, I'm going to give you another piece outside of the stock market. Let's look at labor. So for example, you guys may have heard, and because we know Cousins, you guys definitely read a lot and you guys definitely stay on tune to what's happening in the world. So let's look at it. Remember back in the time when we heard about pilots also going on strike or there wasn't enough pilots? Yeah. Why is that? Because the fact is, is that wage inflation really started to hit. And pilots was like, look, I want to get paid like I know I get paid pretty well, but yet I think I should be paid a lot more. Okay, so that literally hit. And then on top of that, what's another thing that we've been seeing that's been rising up a lot lately? Oh, what's this? We have layoffs that. Well, layoffs came a little bit later. We we jumped the gun. We jumped the gun. Let's like get back in the closet. All right. So think about, like, for example, hospitals, right? Nurses shortage. So we oh, see yeah. a, a significant shortage of nurses. Hence the reason why we saw traveling nurses really step into the foray. And hence the reason why. If you, if you ever go to get the chance, go check out the cost or go check out the salary differentiation between a normal nurse that works at a hospital versus a traveling nurse. Traveling um, nurses are out here getting bank. Man, look, makes me sometimes rethink exactly my life situation. Psych. All right. So, but... <laughs> Again, <Exactly. you> see, <laughs> so then we see a, a, a spike in things. Now, remember when I said, Jolynn, where it's like, okay, hey, what are some of the ways that we can bring down inflation? And I said, uh, I know it's a little weird, but what happens if you say, for example, open the doors to immigration?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, wouldn't you, well, hot diggity dog! You know what would you know? <laughs> you know, we had reported today from the Washington Post that there that one of the one of the laws was lifted so now they're opening up the doors to immigration as it pertains to folks in whom, which that are going to be coming in so what does that do that brings in immigrants that are willing to be that are willing to take on jobs the jobs that nobody wants to take on the ones in which that they want to get paid higher but yet at the same token they're not willing to get paid at that price somebody's going to step in and take in that job what does that do that sets in the floor as it pertains to the pricing and also starts to establish the ceiling. So be careful because you're going to start seeing a lot of folks who are out there in the job market thinking that they're going to get paid a lot higher. The fact is of the high flying that we saw previously and then come to find out. Uh, 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 no, no, no. So again, there's that. And with those things that normally transpire, it brings, let's bring it out of the closet, John. We're going to bring it up. All right. Now we got layoffs here in the tech space. So, for example, yeah. hearing about Amazon laying off 10,000 people, we got Facebook now saying we're going to lay off folks. And, you know, it's kind of like a, like I said, days of our lives in the market where we start seeing <laughs> somebody said hot, dig, and talk. Okay. Disney goofy. Okay. You know, I don't, well, thank you. Anyways, so. We see a lot of the the shifting that's starting to take place. So a lot of the things that really what Jay Powell and and squad were talking about was, hey, we want to see inflation come down. Not only just say, for example, within, you know, supply, but we also want to see it as it pertains to employment. So what's happening? I would not be surprised in the next in the next unemployment number that we start seeing unemployment spike where we see we go from, let's say, 3.7 to, let's say, a 3.9 possibly a four percent because when you lay off that many people that's going to have an impact on say for example those unemployment numbers and those are just the companies in which that we know about because they're the most high profile so when the high profile companies are starting to cut you know and then on top of that the other part where they start to do is they start to also cut back on some of those contractors or those contracting firms so when they start cutting back on those contracting firms well You know, what happens to those contracting firms? You know, do they are they going to still stick around and pay all those individuals that are just sitting there and not doing any work? No, they get cut too.
1: Yeah. So, okay,
0: And then on top of that, we saw housing also go up like we had it significantly spike once upon uh, once that a lot of those. I think the sanctions were lifted as it pertains to moratoriums. And then we saw, I think we saw rents go from up 25% all the way up, in some cases, 40%. You know, they wanted to get paid. Now, you see in many cases that you're starting to see significant vacancies and everything else. So that's currently what the picture slightly looks like. You know, if I was to sum up the world's problems and as the world turns season one (laughs) in just that short form, Mm -hmm. is it all doom and gloom? No. Is it bad right now? In some cases, yes. I mean, you know what I always said. It's a recession when you see other people lose their job. It's a depression when you've lost your job, especially when you're seeing a lot of dominoes falling because now for a lot of folks that are out there looking for jobs. Now, don't get me wrong. There are companies out there hiring like that's the other part where you start to see that rotation of, say, for example, people leaving at or tech companies, you know, decreasing their headcount or also removing some of their headcount. And then you also see other sectors that weren't so loved at Once Upon a Time. Now they're getting their shine. So it's just a rotating market. Now, what does that mean? So if I get cut from, let's say, an Amazon or Twitter or Meta, but I'm a great software engineer, maybe I go work for, let's say, a JP Morgan, a Wells Fargo, or Goldman Sachs that has a software development uh, department that they're looking to build out. If I'm, say, for example, a person that's working within a retail space, if I look if I work in high luxury retail and high luxury retail is starting to cut, maybe I need to go to mid market retail or, you know, I may have to go with, you know, typical retail or maybe even join e-commerce or start e-commerce. Um, so the thing I would probably pay attention to where I bring it back to startups is watch the uh, watch the startup market, watch the startup market, because it always gives you an idea as it pertains to new opportunities that step into the space. I always say when we find ourselves in bad economics or when we see rotations in the economic cycle, especially the business economic cycle, then you start to see that new ideas, new innovations start to come forth. And with that, you start to see more companies come into the forefront and then you start to see money start to flow a little bit.
1: What kind of startups are you seeing, Merck?
0: So one of the interesting things that I can give you an idea of where I'm seeing the where I'm seeing the insights. I'm definitely seeing the insights within, say, for example, uh, fintech. Fintech is definitely heating back up. Now, of course, we're looking at things outside of the standard norm. But, yeah, we're seeing fintech rise. Um, We're also starting to see healthcare in some places also rise. Health tech rise. Mm -hmm. Um, And then uh, keep this in mind. A lot of these companies that are struggling to, like, literally find people within the space, what they're doing is they're also bringing in robotics. So that's another place where we're starting to see significant amounts of market uh, attraction, so to speak. You know, somebody says, how do you watch the startup market? Easily. Here are some sources in which that you can look at. I won't type it in, but the magic of something will literally type it in for you. So we're going to say check out places like TechCrunch. Check out GeekWire. Check out The Verge. Um, And then on top of that, check out Twitter. I mean, you can literally just a lot of folks use Twitter just to like read comments and check out the latest thing that Elon Musk is talking about. But there's other things that you can use these social platforms to do. Like, for example, you can use LinkedIn not only to look at the job markets just to see exactly what the current trend of, of jobs is looking like. But then also, you can check out some of the groups and seeing exactly how active they are. Are they growing? And then on top of that, what are they discussing? What are some of the innovations? You know, like for example, for those hospitals that can't hire nurses, they're bringing in robots to literally do some of the things in which that can supplement for missing nurses in their hospital. You're seeing that same pl- You're seeing that same thing play out across different sectors. A place where I would be watching is the agricultural space. Does the agricultural space become more? Technified. Yes, I created that word. Technified. Yeah. Did I create hip hop? No, but I was there. All right. So, <laughs> uh, so you know, there's other things in which that you could pay attention to. So, like, for example, LinkedIn has groups where you can where you could track topics. You could do the same thing on Twitter and other social media platforms. Don't just use it for like, you know, the latest gossip and everything else. Use these things also for your advantage, because I, tr- I I promise you they'll help you. Um, so with that being said, right, so I literally just summed it all up for y'all. Okay, so here's how we move forward. This is, this is literally, this is literally the road ahead. Here's what's on my desk, not physically, wait, but figuratively. Yes.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Before yes. before you share that, can you um, just say the areas that, um, well, the pieces of the puzzle before you talk about where we're moving forward? Just the- I, no, just, like those. You, those you're those you're are the all the pieces. No, you went to the detail of it, but just you know, one, two, three, four, like those pieces.
0: Okay, so the things that I looked at, the pieces that I looked at, mm-hmm. retail. Why do I look at retail? Because I want to know exactly what is it that that's the place where consumers consume, they spend. So if I see that the retail space is ultimately slowing down, and that that gives me insights as it pertains to consumer sentiment and consumer spending, as well as sometimes even credit other things that i'm looking at though that i didn't really get to talk about it that heavy was the housing market a place where i definitely see where there's some storms ahead and i was talking to mo and uh, mark about it but you know i was going to bring it up to everybody here was the fact of airbnb now there was a youtuber uh uh, by the name of shelby church that literally did a video but it's you're starting to see this growing trend where a lot of folks are letting you know that they're losing money within airbnbs now if you're an airbnb owner and if it's not impacting you Kudos to you. Congratulations, because I don't wish this upon anybody. I wish you nothing but success. But there's a growing number where you're starting to see across different different areas where you're starting to see that due to the housing market, you're starting to see those impacts. And the fact that you have an oversaturated market, whenever the market becomes oversaturated with anything, just like what we talked about with avocado toast and cronuts, same thing is happening within the housing market. So I would be surprised if we start seeing that some of those companies or some of those people who do real estate deals as it pertains to rentals, they're starting to get hit very hard and also losing money. That's not only just the Airbnb market, but that's also, say, for example, commercial real estate. So given that you have companies that are laying off folks, what do you think that that does for the commercial real estate estate that they're occupying? Well, that that could take a hit as well. Um, so I talk about real estate because it it gives you like real estate is kind of like the, the most, it's one of the biggest pillars, not only to the inflation game, but also in the sense as it pertains to things that are normally known as a stalwart, it's stable and it's starting to get a little bit rocky. Now are we talking about a financial crisis type of like, you know, hit. I don't think so. Do I see a correction coming to the housing or AKA real estate market? Definitely for sure. Are we in the very, very beginning innings of it? I strongly believe so. Um, so there's that part. I also talked about, say, for example, the things that are taking place, like, for example, just standard deba- supply and demand. When demand is high and supply is low, then that means that you're in a, an environment where you'll start to see prices go higher. When demand is low and supply is high, then that means that prices will also start to come down. When demand is is normal and supply is normal, then you have a delicate balance as it pertains to equilibrium of price. If you didn't hear anything that I just said, remember that because that's a key fundamental piece there as it pertains to economics. That right there, that snapshot that I just gave you, you can apply that towards any sector, any sector, and literally you'll be able to figure it out. So if you look at the demand side, so a.k.a., You know, hey, are there folks that are willing to pay? Are there folks that are willing to buy? Are there folks that are very interested in entering into this marketplace? Whether it's for real estate, whether it's for healthcare, whether it's for technology. The reason why technology took a hit, and the reason why chips like literally was like the the lagger, because of the fact that PC market sales had taken a slump. Demand had came low, supply started building up, so you had to bring so price had to come down and since price was coming down that affected pro- that affected profit margins across the board. You see how that literally came into play? Now, when market finds its equilibrium, aka retraces back to the mean, look at chips and look at what chips have been doing as of lately. Sari, mind your business cuz I ain't talking to you. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> she stays in the mix. <laughs> Yo, she's staying in the mix. So let me re- let me re- let me rebrand that for you. Okay. Me- right. So when demand is high, and supply is low. What happens to price? Prices are up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When Sorry. demand is low. <laughs> when demand is low, and supply is high, what happens to price?
1: Discounts.
0: Exactly. When demand is even and supply is even, what happens to price?
1: Equilibrium.
0: Balance. So literally, those are the things in which that literally that we pay attention to. And when you start putting together those pieces, use that as your guide to literally define every sector. And the funny fact is, like, here's the thing that you can do. Here's a cheat code. Here's a cheat code for everybody. So how do we do that? Go to a sector and ask yourself, is the demand high in this sector? What are the reasons for the demand being high in this sector? Okay. And then also, given that the demand is high, is the supply so a.k.a. what they can provide to their consumer base Mm
1: -hmm.
0: can it can they fulfill that now here's another thing that you can do look at say for example margins in between look at the margins so the profit margins like for example in some cases you'll see that profit margins tend to stay quite stable in you know general either in general sectors or say for example companies if you need some help I'll break it down for you even further so let's look at, say, for example, any sector. And then what I want you to do is I want you to take the top five that you believe are the strongest of that sector. It doesn't have to be just tech. It could be healthcare. It could be energy. It could be industrials. It could be whatever. Yeah. And then I want you to do next is I want you to look at the demand. So is demand ridiculously high within this sector for these companies? So if it's industrials, what does the demand look like for Boeing? Well, we see that, say, for example, China is starting to come back, and alongside with many other with many other areas, travel is starting to come back. But are there enough are there enough airplanes to supply them? Well, if the demand is high but the supply is low, then that means that essentially you could probably expect that those profit margins for Boeing are going to be pretty well in the in the near coming future. Okay, so if we look at energy. If energy is low, like I just talked about this, I gave everybody a hint on this one earlier. I said, if production is, if they're not producing, right, then that's bringing, that should, but the demand is high, the prices are higher. But if the demand is low, like AKA the pandemic, Mm -hmm, and yet they were in the midst of producing, what happens to price? It It comes down. down. When we get to a point where demand and supply start coming into play with each other, it reverted back to the mean, and then we start to see price stability. So again, you can use use this terminology across multi-different facets, and you use this to literally get glimpses as it pertains to the pieces. And the more that you start looking at the pieces, you start to see how they start to come together. Imagine the world or the global economy and the markets right now as if we just poured out a bunch of pieces on a table. And now we gotta to put together the puzzle pieces. What I just gave you today is a strong guide for being able to spot, okay, hey, like imagery of how to match things accordingly. So I think the thing is, is like, you know, that's that's a major piece that I think that a lot of folks haven't really been paying attention to. So for example, as we move forward into the into Q4 for the holiday season, you know, let's get a read for what is what is the consumer what does the consumer read look like? You know, look at the companies, you know. Go, and, and here's the interesting thing be the analyst y'all be the analyst what did Dan Ives tell you that he does they literally go and call stores that they go to the stores you know if you don't want to go and be that weirdo that goes and asks hey what does your supply look like for each and every single one of these items okay then don't do that then literally what you do is literally you can, some of these places you can check online and see exactly what their fulfillment times look like the longer the fulfillment time as it pertains to getting to the consumer, That lets you know that the demand is either high or say, for example, that the supply is pretty low. Now, here's the interesting thing. In a high demand market, normally in e-commerce spaces, you tend to see that essentially that they're trying to fulfill it as fast as they can. But if the supply just isn't there, you start to see that those wait times start to extend. How do we know this? The best place to look at it is look at a company like Apple, who does the best supply chain and logistics (laughs) out of any company. So if you think about it, if you go and check their website, just everybody, when you get the chance, when this video is over, go check Apple's website and go look at either their low-tier model phone, AKA the iPhone 14, and then go look at the iPhone 14 Pro and look at the differentiation as it pertains to those wait times. You'll see something there. And that lets you know, demand for the iPhone, well, I won't tell y'all, so yeah. Don't don't do the homework. Yeah, y'all go do some homework. <laughs> so so
1: I, I was just writing down um, for those those pieces, retail, housing, market, slash, uh, real estate, supply and demand, uh, global e- economy, uh, consumer sentiment. Was workforce,
0: other- workforce, workforce. So workforce so that that equals your labor force participation. You're going to be watching to see exactly like, OK, hey, labor force participation is the demand high <laughs> right <laughs> now <laughs> it is. What is the supply side looking like? Well, we starting to build up some supply with all these layoffs. Okay. Well, like I said, when that, when you start seeing that supply of, of potential employees literally hitting the market and it outweighs the demand as it pertains to the jobs that need to be filled. Uh, what does that do to, say, for example, the cost, a.k.a. salaries? You start mm-hmm. to place a ceiling as it pertains to what is it that people can earn.
1: All right. So that's six pieces.
0: I mean I could go on but you know you know you over here no, different time about,
1: No no I only brought that up so that everyone's notes could be clear like so there were six areas um that are making up the pieces to the puzzle and now we're going to talk about moving forward Step
0: you know next. what I want to do something here. Okay. I want to see like who's actually taking notes So what I want you to do is I want you to tag us whether on Twitter or Instagram maybe even LinkedIn, but you know, I know that that's professional for some folks, so we'll just keep it Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> um, but what I want you to do is I want you to take a photo of what your notes look like, either that are photo or video, what your notes look like from tonight. And you never know, like if you're, if I see that you're taking notes, that's something that's worth investing into. Maybe I'll sit down and chat with you as it pertains to giving you a one-on-one session as it pertains to just a learning lesson. You know. I feel like, you know, honestly, I want to reward folks that are literally putting in the time and energy to do such. Now, bonus points. If you could show me your notes for over this past season, a.k.a. the past quarter, we're going to just do fiscal quarter. What do your notes look like from the show? Okay. so here's the thing. Oh, yeah. And I don't want those things where it's verbatim. I want to see what is it that you're learning? What is it that you're processing? So like that, I'll know if you took notes because. I want to see what you did as it pertains to the homework with that supply, demand and price and then applying it towards sectors and companies. OK, so here's the thing. How does this how did we move forward going into 2023? Well, it's kind of interesting that you said that, Jolene, because technically, if a person actually does their homework,
1: mm-hmm.
0: a lot of these companies start giving you literally clues as it pertains to what you should expect. You know how they do that?
1: sorry I got distracted I was about to send you, <laughs> I'm about to send you a note but go ahead
0: It's called guidance. yeah How did their quarter go and then what does their guidance look like?
1: <laughs> well for the we saw retail having you know we didn't see any well for Walmart and um, Home Depot for example, their um, guidance was still pretty solid. it wasn't it was pretty you know, solid yeah
0: but ask yourself this what brought up the price of lumber? The price of lumber is high and mm-hmm. something was it the supply side or was it the demand side that made it go high? Homework. <laughs> so when we look at 2023, we gotta look at it in the sense of what's gonna be in high demand going into next year. So what are the issues going into next year? What do those things look like? Okay. And then who stands to who stand how do you figure out who stands to win? The economics will always successful businesses, cheat code. In order to have a successful business, it must be supported by the economics. If the economics don't support the business, then the business will fail. Every time. You can fight me on that one if you want to, and I'm willing to take that one all the way to. I will fall. I will fall on my shield for that one. I stand on it because the fact is is that I literally believe wholeheartedly that you can't have solid good economics in a in a bad business. Just like you can't have bad economics and a good business. Now, just because the economics globally or domestically as a macro level look bad doesn't mean that the economics look bad on a micro level. Remember, just because we're seeing those micro, those microeconomics, economics, like, you know what they say, there's always a bull market somewhere. So obviously there must be supporting economics towards things that are going well. For example, in a bad economic environment of high inflation, why is it that energy is up? Why is healthcare up? Why is it that you saw all these? Why is it that you saw some of these sectors that normally don't really get talked about a lot? Why were they talked about, and why were they the winners? Why is it that technology was down? The economics, then, you know what? I yield my time.
1: <laughs> well, on that note, the time is now. Well, it's four thirty a.m. here, but it's six thirty
0: p.m. here. <laughs> Yo, I think that we gave we gave them quite. The show today, Jolene, and Jolene. I also want to send a special thank you to you because of the fact that honestly, you're traveling, you know, you're doing your leisure, your leisurely thing. But yet you took the time out to literally spend it here and to really make sure that the cousins stay on board. We do have an announcement, though. This yeah. December, we are gone. We are gone. But... That doesn't mean that there's not going to be other content creators here that are creating and sharing information and teaching you guys some things and preparing you. You already know of one of them, but then there's another unveil that's also coming down the pipeline. So stay tuned. But again, Jolyn and I, we need rest. It's been a long 2022. And honestly, we want to spend time with our families. So we won't be seeing y'all in December. Hopefully, I'll be able to also do a little bit of filming. I will be in Atlanta on the twenty eighth of this month, uh, doing Lawrence's that, show. Huh?
1: Is, is that in two weeks?
0: That's in two weeks. So I'll be there the Monday after Thanksgiving. Okay, yeah. So I'll be there live and in the flesh, so that way you guys can see me. I'm real. You can definitely go get those tickets for the event. It's on my it's on my profile, and you can also find it on Lawrence's profile as well. It's in my bio.
1: Lawrence was here um, earlier, too, so... Hey, he Lawrence.
0: was. Yes, shout-outs to him. That's so, hopefully, great. hopefully, like you, know, you guys can come out. If you guys can't, don't worry. The event will also be live right here on the Come Up Series YouTube channel for his premiere. And I'm excited for this gentleman because he definitely has a lot to teach. He also has a lot to give to the community and the culture. And we're just excited to have him on board on the team. So... Jolyn, did I miss anything?
1: No, I think that was everything. Hey! <laughs>
0: well, thank you guys all for rocking with us. Be sure to like, subscribe, and also turn on your notifications. Until next time, I'm Mark Monroe.
1: And I'm Jolyn G.C. on location in South Africa, where I need to go to sleep. Not even this time. It's not dinner time.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, prepare for breakfast. Uh, and this has been the Av, aka the Come Up series. I think we should cue it out, like play it out from the same intro that we that we came in on. So go ahead, cue that outro for us,
1: please. That's hundred.